0: You're listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org.
1: Jeremy Dean is about to read a scripture for us this morning, and the scripture he's going to read is from the Gospel of John. It takes place on the night before Jesus is killed. This is one of those significant final moments that Jesus shares with his disciples, his closest friends and followers, that really points us in the direction of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Let's listen as Jeremy reads these words.
0: Today's scripture comes from the book of John, chapter 13, verses three through five and 12 through 15. Jesus knew the Father had given everything Into his hands and that he had come from God and was returning to God so he got up from the table and took off his robes picking up a linen towel he tied it around his waist then he poured water onto a wash bin and began to wash his disciples feet drying them with a towel he was wearing after he washed the disciples feet he put on his robes and returned to the place at the table He said to them, Do you know what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you speak correctly, because I am. If I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you too must wash others' feet. I have given you an example, just as I have done, you also must do. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
1: please join me in an attitude of prayer. Holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you. Amen. Our scripture this morning is about service. Do you know who is really good at serving people? Disney. Disney. Disney is amazing at serving people. Now, I know that there are people who take what almost seem like pilgrimages every year to Disney World, and that's not me, but I sort of get it. I went to Disney World a few years ago with my grandma and with the rest of my family, and I have to say, if you are a customer at Disney World, they think about every possible thing that might help make your stay more enjoyable. They think of everything. You can upgrade, for example, and get a wristband that you wear. And the wristband acts as admission to your hotel or admission to the parks. You can charge things like and souvenirs on the wristband. It is incredibly convenient. It's almost magical, which is their whole tagline, right? And not only that, if you purchase something in one of the parks, like the Magic Kingdom, let's say, and you're staying at a Disney World hotel, Somebody will take your purchase back to the hotel if that's something that you'd like. So you don't have to be carrying around your bag all day. Somebody will take that, and it will magically appear at your hotel for you to pick up. It is sort of nuts the level to which people have thought through hospitality at Disney World. Everything about booking your stay at Disney World is intended to make a customer feel cared for. And honestly, they do a fantastic job. For the right amount of money, almost anything can be taken care of for you when you're in the Disney theme park. Service and hospitality are inextricably linked at Disney World. You're welcomed, you're cared for in a multitude of ways, many of which overlap. Of course, Disney offers such amazing service because they want you to come back and They want you to have a great time and they want you to make great money or great memories, but of course they also want to make money. And Jesus, on the other hand, offers service, served people just for the sake of it. No reward, no recognition, simply caring for people just because he wanted to. He felt compelled to. He felt called to. That's who he was. John 13 tells us that Jesus shared a final meal with his disciples, with his friends. He knew that he was about to die. And on that night, that last night that he had with them, while everyone was still eating, Jesus got up and he took off his outer robe and he tied a towel around his waist and he bent down and he started to wash his friends' feet. He started to wash their feet Now, some of you probably remember that foot washing was a practice of hospitality in Jesus' time. It was a very common way to welcome guests. In fact, it was almost expected. And a host would very commonly invite people to wash their feet. Or they might provide a servant who would wash people's feet for them. But a host would never wash people's feet. Somebody like Jesus would never wash someone else's feet. Jesus is jumping to do a task that is, would have been considered far beneath him. Because Jesus was his, their teacher. They were his students. Superiors never did things like that for their inferiors in Jesus' time. They never did something as dirty, as commonplace as foot washing. And yet Jesus was that kind of guy. He served people. He cared for people. Earlier this week, I attended a funeral service for Pastor Rick's dad, Ralph, Ralph Dake. And I can't pretend that I knew Ralph. I got to meet him a couple of times here and there, Consecration Sunday, other times he'd stop by to kind of see what his son was up to at the church. But at the funeral, I got to hear some stories. Maybe a few of you got to hear stories too. Ralph was the kind of guy who stood at the door and greeted everybody each week as they came to Sunday worship. He was the person who appointed himself to show up at the hospital if somebody was sick. To visit, to chat, to check on people, to pray, even if the weather was bad. Blizzards were mentioned several times in the course of his funeral. The weather wouldn't stop him. Nothing would stop him from showing up if he had committed to showing up. He took communion to shut-ins. He cooked meals for the church soup fundraiser. He apparently grew hundreds of pumpkins just to give them away to kids in the community, which I thought was a really fun idea. Maybe we might want to steal that and use that here. He was just a good guy who served his church faithfully, served Jesus faithfully. In short, Ralph served people. He cared for people. Perhaps it's not surprising that one of the most cherished titles that Ralph claimed in this life, according to those who spoke at his funeral, was Christian, a follower of Jesus. He clearly taught that kind of servant faith to his kids as well. In the course of the funeral, it was shared that Ralph's son Jim stood with him every single Sunday to greet people at the door, to hold the door open, to say welcome, to say hi, good to see you, glad you're here. And Jim, too, has had a long commitment to scouting, which is an organization that focuses on serving people, caring for people. So that covers Ralph and Jim and, uh, of course, you all know Rick. I've had the opportunity to listen as some of you have shared memories of Rick's ministry here at Clarkston. You've remembered some of the things he's said some of the classes he's taught, memorable moments in worship. But it seems to me the memories that seem to have touched your hearts the most that I hear you talk about again and again have not been limited to those moments when he's been teaching or preaching or doing the more flashy stuff of ministry. What you all have talked about the most are those moments when Rick sat on the floor of the church nursery and talked with your kid. Or moments when he showed up in a hospital room or at your home and just sat with you in the middle of a difficult time. What I heard you share over and over and over again were those moments when Rick listened to your stories or prayed for your family or offered acceptance when you weren't expecting it. Rick's nearing retirement now, and I know he'd love to be preaching to you today, but this is the week when he lost his dad, and that is something that would hit anybody extremely hard. And I'm privileged to, to preach for him today. One of the things that you all seem to remember and love about Rick are those moments of service, those moments in his ministry when He's cared for you. He's cared for this congregation. Of course, knowing Rick, you probably all know that he never would have okayed this sermon if he knew that I would be preaching and spending time talking about him and his ministry. And part of why Rick is a good leader, I think, is because he has managed to stay humble and act in confidence and lead us forward, but not really think that it's all about him. I mean, he's got his moments like we all do, but Rick's ministry has been about the church, and it's been about Jesus, and it's been about serving all of you, serving this community, serving Clarkston, and serving the United Methodist Church. In some cases, Rick's service to this place, to this ministry, has meant personal sacrifices and he wouldn't talk about that stuff. Maybe he will. He's got two weeks left. But it's not always easy to serve as a leader. It's not always easy to take that position of humility and love and grace when not everybody sees eye to eye. There's no doubt that Ralph was a servant. Rick has been a servant to this congregation and will continue to be for the next two weeks. I don't want to pretend like he's gone yet. But the other thing you all need to know is Jesus gives this model of service. And part of why this congregation is healthy and remarkable is not just that you've had a senior pastor who has modeled service, but that so many of you know what it means to be servants to serve one another, to care for one another, to show love to one another. Now, some of you know Mary Knaus. She's the chair of our hospitality team here at church, and she has been working her tail off for the last few weeks to recruit people to stand by the door and greet others exactly the way Ralph and Jim did for so many years. Mary has been incredibly busy with things going on in her own life, Probably she's been a little bit stressed, I don't want to speak for her, but uh, she has faithfully shown up Sunday after Sunday for in-person services here in the sanctuary to welcome those who are ready and feel safe returning to in-person services. And I know she didn't do it because she thought she'd be mentioned in a sermon someday. I I don't know that she would like this kind of recognition anyway. Sorry, Mary. But if I had to guess, I would guess that Mary continues to show up like she does faithfully week after week, dedicating countless hours to making sure people are there at the door to greet all of you and have welcoming faces and uh, a spirit of hospitality. The reason she does all those things, it's got to be because she loves this church because she loves Jesus, because she loves all of you. I can't think of many other reasons for someone to do what she does, except for love. Now, another example, some of you might know George Moore. He's the chair of our trustees, and uh, the trustees have been incredibly busy in the midst of transition. Transition. George himself has been dedicating hours upon hours upon hours to figure out renovations as Pastor Rick and Laura move out of their parsonage, the house owned by the church, and updates are needed to get ready for Pastor Amy, Mayo Moyle, the incoming senior pastor, and her family as they move into the house. And George, his service right now seems equivalent to a full-time job, at least from my perspective, outside looking in, and he's doing service in the form of spreadsheets and the form of emails and the form of phone calls. Also, he's been showing up to pound nails and to recruit volunteers and to sand things down and cut things up and I don't know what all they're doing over there. Uh, I mean, I know some of what they're doing over there but it just astounds me the level of service and commitment that people like George have made to this church. I can't think of why any rational person would do what George is doing unless it is out of love. Love for this church, love for Jesus, love for all of you in this congregation, in this ministry. I don't know why Mary and George do what they do if it's not for love, if it's not for service, if it's not simply to follow Jesus in caring for people. And you all know, I could easily fill up another 20 minutes talking about different people in this congregation and the things that they do to serve in our midst. I could talk about the food pantry. I could talk about the congregational care ministers, the CCMs. I could talk about our youth volunteers and some of our amazing youth and the work that they do. I mean, I could talk for a very long time. You're probably aware. As Christians, that's our calling, to be people who served like Jesus served. To be people who loved like Jesus loved. People who care for others like Jesus did. We've got models all around us and every single one of them has something different to teach us. Because the way Pastor Rick serves people is not the way necessarily that Mary serves people or that George serves people. And we all don't have to be like any of the three of them. We can serve in our own unique way and yet, Each model has something to teach us that we can take and use in our own life. In part, I think a call to service is a call to humility. Jesus is this wonderful teacher. He's a great prophet. He's the son of God. He's God incarnate, God in human flesh. And there are all these amazing things that Jesus has done. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the way and the truth and the life. And in this moment, in John's Gospel, we find him sitting on the floor, wrapped in a towel, washing grubby feet. Because in this moment, that's what it means to love his friends. That's what it means to serve for Jesus. Washing feet is not a glamorous job. It's like taking out the trash or helping to clean up somebody after they've been sick or emptying the dishwasher. They're things that sort of need to get done, but it's not really the job that most people compete to do. You know what I'm talking about. There's no glory. There's no recognition in that kind of task. It's a quiet job. It's helpful. It's not something that's going to be widely recognized or celebrated. It's behind the scenes kind of compassion. For Jesus, even though he's washing feet in front of everybody, it's not a flashy gig. It's not something people would run out into the streets and shout, oh my gosh, Jesus washed his feet, because they're not even really sure how they feel about it. And Jesus invites us to join him in showing that kind of love for one another. That kind of unglamorous, behind-the-scenes, helpful, not flashy kind of love. To follow Jesus is to love people. And to serve one another is to show love with no expectation of recognition or being rewarded or being recognized. We do it just to do it. Now, companies have created ways to serve people. You go to Disney World, you will be cared for. You will receive service. You will receive hospitality. But ultimately, for any company, whether it's Disney or anybody else, it's about money. And we know it's about money because service industries are struggling to hire people right now. It's tough for companies to find workers to do things that involve the service industry. And I think that points to the truth that very few of us actually want that kind of job. We don't naturally want to serve, at least not for the wages that are being offered, right? It turns out that very few of us want to be that person who is rushing people's bags back to their hotel room so they can have a good time on vacation. Very few of us want to be the ones who clean up the, dir- the dirty dishes or mop up the floor after it's been trashed or clean up other people's messes. And I get it. I get it. A lot of times those jobs don't pay well. We don't feel valued in the work. It's a tough gig to have. And yet, setting aside paid work, because that's different, the world needs servants. Servants. The people, the world needs people with servant hearts, servant perspectives, not because it's our job, not because a corporation needs to make money, not because we're employed, but because having a servant heart is how we're going to change the world. It seems counterintuitive because in a lot of ways the American dream is to avoid being a servant, to be your own person. We want to be the master of our fate and the captain of, captain of our soul, and we're taught to value independence. We're taught to value autonomy. This idea of serving other people doesn't quite fit in naturally. And yet, we can choose to be independent, autonomous people who choose to care for others. Serving is one of the most radical things that we can choose to do living in America as Christians today. Jesus washes the disciples' feet and pretty quickly goes on to change the world in a way that has not happened since and had never happened before. He serves by offering his very life so that others might live. Jesus offers us love in a way that is sacrificial and overwhelming and life-giving and life-sustaining. It's a radical act, what Jesus does. Now, most of us are not called to such cosmic acts. We're not called to offer our lives in that way. But all of us are called to join Jesus daily, in small acts of service that transform the world, small acts of sacrifice and love that change the lives of those around us. We're celebrating graduates this morning. Congratulations again, class of 2021. And this graduating class is especially dear to my heart because these, these guys who are seniors, they were part of the first class that I got to help confirm when they were in ninth grade and I cannot believe they're already graduating. I'm so proud of you guys. These young people, they're going to go out into the world, and they will be told that they can change the world. And that always sounds like such a big task. Change the world! I mean, it sounds overwhelming and intimidating sometimes, if we're being honest. But I have no doubt that this class will change the world, and they will transform things for the sake of Jesus Christ. And I don't think it's necessarily because each one of them is going to be, in some high-powered, remarkable position somewhere, although some of them certainly might. If you all are going to change the world, graduates, I think it'll be because you're acting like servants, like Jesus, making a difference in people's lives by loving them and caring for them. Maybe people close to you, but maybe people you don't know, you've never met, you never will meet you're already on the path to doing it. It's the kind of love and the transformation that our confirmands learn about in their kingdom projects, their kingdom assignments back in confirmation. Now, four years ago, I remember Grace Russell raised money and awareness for the suicide prevention hotline because in ninth grade, that was something she was passionate about. It was a cause that mattered to her. and. Through the money she's raised, I have no doubt she's impacted lives. She may even have saved a life through her kingdom assignment that she did. You've got people like Cam Hempton and Brendan Willis who supported Helping Harps, Helping Hands, an initiative that ensures fresh water, clean water for those who need it in Honduras. And I don't remember exactly all of the details, but I know that they raised enough money definitely to buy a water filter which would change the life of a family, maybe even a village who now has access to clean water who didn't before. You got Hayden Payne, who raised money for Grace Centers of Hope in Pontiac, an organization that helps to empower the homeless and offer resources for people to get back on their feet. Will Posby raised money for the American Cancer Society. And, uh, Ella and Sally, they supported Canine Stray Rescue. Kennedy Rusnell, she supported Dutton Farms, which empowers adults with special needs. Rachel Clemens, she raised for the Michigan Humane Society. These are awesome young people. They supported all these cool organizations, and they didn't have to be over 18 to do it. Ninth graders, ninth graders, you all did this four years ago. Think about the possibilities that are ahead of you now. These graduates have already shown us what it means to care for people, what it means to love people. The challenge is to continue being intentional about it, to follow Jesus not just when we feel like it, but every single day, every opportunity that we're given. Confirmation is long over for this particular graduating class, and it's easy for any of us to forget Jesus' invitation. Love like I have loved. Serve like I have served. Do this as I'm doing it. Follow this model for others. So graduates and all of us, let's not forget to center other people today. May we remember, like Disney, to think about ways to make things easier for others. May we be people like Ralph and Jim and even Rick, who consistently show up and offer care in the name of Jesus Christ. May we be people like Mary or George here at church who give their time and their talents to benefit others, to benefit this ministry. May we be people like Jesus who offer unconditional love without expecting anything in return. And may we be people who hope and trust that small acts of service can transform the world. May we we love and may we serve without limits today and every day. Amen.
0: You've been listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org.